We are beginning today Torah Chaf in the Kutei Maharan, Torah 20, which is called Tisha Tikunim. And this Torah is explaining the third chapter of Sifra Ditsniyuta. The previous Torah was on the first chapter of Sifra Ditsniyuta, Torah 19, Tefillah Lechavakuk. The second chapter of Sifra Ditsniyuta is, is uh, explained in Torah Emor Ha'ilakuanim, Torah number two, the second Torah in the Kutim Moran. And in Torah 20, Rabbi Nachman explains to us the third chapter in Sifra Ditsniyuta. And we said Sifra Ditsniyuta, it, 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 it's the and concentrates within it the whole all the secrets of the Torah there are five chapters in it and it's in the Zohar it was written originally we our tradition is that it comes from Yaakov Avinu and there are five chapters corresponding to the five worlds and correspond in the world of Asiya, Yetzirah, Beria, um, Atzilut and Adam Kadmon okay these are the five worlds corresponding to the five parts of the Yud Kevavke the four letters and then the spike on top of the yud at, at the at the tip of the yud and then it also corresponds to the five sperm of the torah the five books of Moshe Rabbeinu and so this this torah torah chaf torah 20 let's see a little bit about the background of this torah when rabbi nachman gave over this torah and there's a very 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 amazing story a, a, a powerful vision that Rabbi Nachman had that is very connected to this Torah we're going to learn about today so let's see what Rabbi Natan tells us about this Torah when it was given over by Rabbi Nachman Rabbi Natan uh, relates that on Rosh Hashanah that this Torah was given over on Rosh Hashanah the year it was 200 years ago the year 5565. So now we are 57, 80, 81. So it was 5565. It was given over in the city of Breslov. And it was given over uh, the eve of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Ben Ashmashot. Okay, right at the beginning of the night of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. It was already dark outside. Rabbi Natan says, that I was sitting very close to him, and I looked at him. And when he said the beginning of the Torah, the words that begin this Torah, Tisha Tikunim Yakirin, the nine, the nine Tikunim, the nine precious rectifications that are given over to the beard, or that are connected and attached to the beard. Okay, they are dependent on the beard. With the beard, we don't speak. We're not just speaking about the physical beard that a person has here, but the reason why we have a beard and we have peot, and the Torah commands us that this is the way a Jewish person looks, is because we want to resemble, metaphorically, resemble the 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 form, even though there is no form, but the form of the divine. There is no form, but the way that Hashem has revealed Himself to us. Okay, so what seems to be the perfect form of, of, of existence, perfection of existence. And so it's a metaphor. In that form, in the higher realm, in the Olamota Edionim, Kabbalistically, we know that there is a beard, and there are peot, and there's, there are worlds, worlds upon worlds upon worlds, 
that are dependent on these aspects that are connected to that tremendous worlds of tremendous holiness tremendous divine infinite light infinite divine light and when so when we have a beard and we have peot and we act according to the Torah we live according to the Torah so then these worlds of divine light we become a proper channel for that light to be revealed and to be expressed and through us and to rest upon us okay and so in the higher realm in the spiritual worlds there is the aspect of the beard and that aspect of the beard so to speak of Hashem okay even though Hashem has no form but it's like we're speaking metaphorically is the aspect of the 13 uh, attributes of infinite compassion of the Rebbe the Yud Gimomidot of Racha and that's why the Zohar tells us that there are 13 points in the beard and it tells us how each one of these 13 points in the beard are corresponding to one of the 13 uh, character characteristics of infinite divine compassion of Yud Gimomidot of Racha but then there's also the beard of Zer Anpin so there's an aspect also of the nine nine tikkunim okay there are also nine tikkunim that are connected to the beard and we're going to see what that where that fits in where that fits in and more importantly more significantly what Rabbi Nachman does in this story is going to show us how rather than just Kabbalistically how that applies to us in our in our life what is it representing what is the formula in Avodat Hashem that we can learn from these this piece in the Sifra Ditsniyuta, the nine rectifications, uh, this piece in the Zohar, and this this concept in Kabbalah. And so he says that, and I saw Rabbi Nachman giving over, and he said these words, the nine tikkunim, these nine precious rectifications that were given over to the beard, he said them over with all of his strength, with all of his energy, ad mitsuya nefesh, and with so much fear and awe, he was trembling in awe of the greatness of Hashem. And he he grabbed onto his beard a few times with all of his energy and he says it's impossible to describe to you in what i'm writing to you here exactly what it how awesome this whole scene was and he said that we learned many times rabbi nachman told us that when he says the first words of the torah he feels like he's he's giving over his whole life it's monsieur nefesh Okay, because that's how much energy he puts into every word that he's giving over. And so especially at the beginning of the Torah, before he gets into that flow of the words of the Torah going and the concepts being connected, just to open up that channel for us, this is a channel of light of Torah that was never opened up before, that he does with tremendous Mesir Nefesh, like he's giving his whole life, his whole energy for that. Okay, so that's that's when he gave over the Torah. It was the, the eve the beginning of the night of the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And then there's a vision that was connected to this. Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Nathan tells us, first of all, that when he heard this Torah from Rabbi Nachman, he heard thunder in his head. He said in his brain, he experienced thunder. Kolotu vrakim. And the springtime before that Rosh Hashanah, between Pesach and Shavuot, says Rabbi Nathan, Rabbi Nachman had a vision, a powerful vision that he saw, you know, in his in his in his deep meditation, in his when he would go up to Shemaim, he would have visions, you know, astral travel. So the tzaddikim they all traveled 
and they had out-of-body experiences and they traveled in the, in the spiritual worlds. And so Rabbi Nachman had a, a powerful vision. And after he came back and, he, and he, uh, he said about that vision, he said that all of his Torahs, every Torah that he reveals in the Kutim Aran, has, is alluded, alludes to aspects of that vision that he had. Basically, that vision is, is everything. But he said that this Torah, Tisha Tikkunin, the whole Torah from the beginning to end is a, is a commentary. It's an explanation on that vision, explaining what that vision was all about. So then it would make sense for us to begin this Torah with this vision, learning what the vision was. And then at the end of the Torah, we're going to come back to it and see how we, what have we come to understand from this Torah and how does it fit into that vision? How is it an explanation of that to the best of our understanding? So let's see what the vision was itself. I think this, the vision was is brought down in Sefer Chayim Moharan, I think. Uh, so this is the story. I'm going to read it inside and I'm going to translate. Rabbi Nachman, he said, I will tell you what I saw and you will recount this. You will relate this vision over to your children. That's how important it was. He said, you know, it's like Sipur Yetziat Mitzrayim type of thing. It began like this. There was somebody lying down flat on the ground. And surrounding this person lying down flat on the ground, there were people sitting in a circle. And around that circle, there was another circle of people sitting. And around that circle, another circle of people sitting. All of them facing this person that's lying down in the middle. And around that circle, another circle. There were many, many, many circles. Circles and circles and circles of people sitting down facing this person lying down in the middle. And then outside the circles, when you got out of all the many, many, many circles, there were a bunch of people that were sitting, but not in a circle. Uh, so now he tells us that this person that was in the middle, he wasn't really just lying down flat, he was on his side. You can see that he was moving his lips, he was speaking. He was saying something. And everyone that was sitting in the circles around him, surrounding him, were moving their lips as well. It seems like from the story that they were moving their lips because he was moving his lips. Because we're going to see what happened. And then I looked and I saw that that person that was in the middle, all of a sudden he disappeared. He's not there anymore. And what happened immediately? All the people that were sitting in the circles around him, now that that person in the middle is no longer there, they stopped moving their lips. They stopped, they stopped speaking. So we see that they were speaking because he was speaking. They were moving their lips because they, he was moving their lips. Almost as if he was the mashpia. He was giving over some something. And they were just vessels, channels for that, through them. And so as soon as he disappeared, they also stopped speaking. 
ואחר כך... אה, ושאלתי, מה זה? I asked, what happened? What's going on? What's going on here? Where is he? He disappeared. השיבו לי שנתקרר ונגבר, הוא פסק מלדבר, והפסיקו מלדבר. So they explained to me that he became cold, okay? So something here, there was certain heat that was in him, that, that was lost, it was extinguished, that heat, and now it's cold, and he passed away. And because of that, he stopped speaking, and therefore they stopped speaking. Okay, that's the first part of the story. What happens now, as soon as he disappears, and they stopped speaking, and they explained to him what happened. All these people started running. They started running. All the whole crowd is running in a certain direction. So, oh, I, I followed them. I ran after them. I saw two palaces. Palatsin is in Yiddish. It's like a palace. Beautiful, wonderful, big buildings. Beautiful uh, structures. Beautiful palaces. And in these palaces, these two palaces, were, were, were dwelling, were living, two uh, very important people, like powerful people, people in power, people of authority. Okay? והם רצו לשם להצררות והתחילו לטעון עמהם למה הטעיתם אותנו ורצו להורגם. And they went to these two people in authority, these two leaders, they were leaders in two palaces, and they started arguing with them. Argument, there's an argument here. Why did you fool us? You caused, you led us in the wrong way. You caused us to, to fall into mistakes. You misdirected us. You misled us. And because of their arguments, and again, they were arguing with them about this, right? They're complaining about it. They wanted to kill them. They wanted to kill the leaders. They wanted to kill these two people in authority, these two powerful people in their, their palaces. And so these two, I would say kings, okay? These two, these two kings that were in the palaces, they ran outside. They need to save themselves, right? So they ran out of their palaces. And I saw them. I observed them. Their essence was amazing, was beautiful. Their whole energy was just in my eyes. It was, it was the most amazing thing in the world. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was so amazing. It was so perfect. Their essence, the nature of these two kings. I ran after them. I followed them and I ran after them. And from afar, I saw a beautiful tent. And from within the tent, there were people that were calling out to these two kings that were running towards the tent. They were crying, calling out to them, Go back from where you came from. Return. Don't come here. וביקשתם כל הזכויות שיש לכם, ונטלתם בידכם, go, find, request, gather all of the values, all of the merits, the זכויות that you have, and take them in your hands. Gather them in your hands. 
all of your zechuyot. This is the advice that is being shouted out to the kings from the people in the tent. Go back and go gather, find all of your merits, all your zechuyot. Gather them in your hands. Find the candle that is hanging over there, that is hanging. So by that candle, with your merits and your hands, you'll be able to uh, manifest whatever it is that you wish. Whatever whatever it is that you require, whatever your need is, whatever your request is, you'll be able to have that fulfilled when you go when you go to that candle with all your merits in your hands you will have your wishes fulfilled and that's what they did the kings they went back in the other direction they went and they found all of their merits all of the zechuyot they gathered them and there were many 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 bundles of zechuyot of merits and they ran towards that, that candle that was hanging. And me, Rabbi Nachman, I ran after them to see what it's, you know, what are they going to do? I saw a lit candle. What is this candle? It was lit. The candle was lit and it was it was uh, suspended in midair. It was hanging in the air. They came to the candle, they threw all of the their merits, those chuyot in their hands, they threw it on the candle, and then from the candle fell many, many sparks. Many sparks from the candle on them into the mouth. The sparks fell from the candle into their mouth, the tochpihem. And then all of a sudden, the candle started transforming from a candle into a river. The candle now transformed into a river, and everyone drank from the river. When they drank from the river, all of a sudden, these creatures, these beings, creatures is maybe has a derogatory. But these beings, almost like a child, was being created within their their stomach, within them, from the water that they drink from that river, which was the candle that had transformed into a river. And so all of a sudden, there were these beings, there were these children almost that were being created. There were there were uh, in, inside them, within them. And all these people that drink from the river and these children these beings were created within them when they opened their mouth to speak the children came out and were born they came out all of a sudden oh another another child another person another person another being and i saw them going and coming going and and i looked and i saw they, they don't have the form of a person they weren't people and they weren't animals either they were just beings. They were beings. They were, they, they, there was an existence to them. There was a, a powerful existence to them, a powerful being. And then they all advised among themselves. They all agreed upon among themselves to return to their place. 
Okay, so this is kind of like the end of the. Now we're going back to our place. How can we return to our our home, our place? One of them said, We shall send forth, we will send a message to that person that stands in that place where there is a sword that is filling up the whole space between earth and and the heaven there is a sword in that place that is filling up the space between earth and heaven and there's a man there's a person standing there we will send to him we will send for we will send a message to him we will send somebody to him and so they asked okay so who shall we send to him so they said we will send these beings that were born from us when we drank from the river, these beings were born from us. When we spoke, they came out of our mouth, they were born. We will send them to that person that stands by the sword that it fills up the space between earth and the heaven. And so those beings went to that man where the sword is. And I ran after them to see what happens. And I saw this man and he was awe-striking. It was awesome. Just looking at him filled me with awe. Okay, it was just, it was a wondrous sight. He was standing from earth, from the world, from this world all the way to the high heavens. And his sword was in his hand, also filling up the space from this world all the way to the high heavens. And the sword had many, many edges, many, many blades. It was a multi-bladed sword. Every one of the blades of this sword was another uh, punishment, another consequence. One of them, one of the blades had the power to cause death. One of the blades had the power to cause poverty. One of the blades had the power to cause physical weakness. Okay, uh, you know, a person to faint. And each one of these different uh, blades on this humongous sword from earth to the high heavens had a different power, uh, power of, 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 of onish, of consequences, of, of punishment. And so those beings that were sent to this person, they started asking him, It's been such a long time we had so much adversity from you. We experienced so much pain because of you up until now. In the past, we've experienced so much pain because of you, because of this person. That's what they're telling him. So now, after all that we've been through because of you, please help us now at this point and bring us back to our place. Okay, so basically they have a good, you know, they're saying, look, we, we suffered so much because of you in the past. At least now help us out and bring us back home. He answered them, I cannot help you. I can't help you. And so they asked him, well, at least give us the blade of death so that we can kill them. Who can we kill? It doesn't say. 
But in this Torah, we're going to see who who is it that we're going to who is it that okay. Uh, give us at least the blade of death, and we will kill them. No, we can't give them the blade of death. So if not the blade of death, give us another power that we can get rid of our enemies. Okay. They asked him for another blade, another side of the blade, another side of the sword. He said, no, can't give you any of the powers of the sword. And so they went back to to uh, to the to the Talmudim, to the people that they came from, they were born from. All of a sudden, there was a decree. Meanwhile, there was a decree that was given out to kill the kings, the two kings. And so the two kings, their heads were removed, meaning basically they lost their leadership. They died. They were killed. And this is the end of the story, but the story doesn't end here. The story repeats itself. All of a sudden, the whole story repeated itself, began just as it was. Was somebody lying down in the ground, just like we said before. And around surrounding him, there were people sitting. And they ran to the kings. Everything the way I said before. Basically, the whole story, after those leaders were, they were killed, their heads were removed. Basically, their authority, their power to lead was taken away. The whole story begins again. There's again, there's that person in the middle, lying down on his side. The people surrounding him sitting in circles and circles. He's speaking, they're speaking. He's, he disappears, they stop speaking, they explain what happened. And then they start running to the kings and the palaces and the whole story uh, re repeats itself. But now, now in this version and the second version, in this version of the story, I see that the kings didn't throw when they came. They were told. What did they were told? They were told, take the zechuyot in your hands, take your merits in your hands, and go to the candle. They weren't told to throw them on the candle. In the first version, that's what they did. And then the, the sparks fell into their mouth and the whole story happened, right? But now they, they, they chose differently. Okay, what did they do this time? They took the zchuyot, the merits in their hands, and they approached the candle. And they opened their hearts. They cried. They tore their heart open in prayer. And they started asking Hashem, you know, with a broken, open heart, full of you know, a compassionate prayer from the heart. That's that's what they're praying in front of the candle. And so now what happened? And now also sparks fell from the candle into their mouth. And they continued praying. Okay, with all the from the depths of their heart. And the candle transformed into a river. And those beings were created within them. And they told me in my vision, you should know, these kings, these two kings will live. They will not have that decree upon them that they should be killed. These two, in this version of the story, they will live. That's what I was told. Because 
because the first ones in the first version of the story they 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 uh, the decree of their death of their demise came about because they had thrown their merits upon the candle instead of breaking their heart in prayer and asking and praying and I didn't know what does this mean what is the interpretation of this vision and they told me go into that chamber and there they will explain to you the meaning of what you saw I went to that certain chamber that they told me to and in that chamber was sitting an old man and I asked him Rebbe explain to me what, what's the meaning of this vision and he grabbed onto his beard with his hand and he said to me my beard is the explanation of that story of that vision that doesn't help me much I, I still don't understand your beard is the explanation of this of this vision what does that mean she sent me to another chamber so I guess the first part of understanding the explanation is knowing this this source the general formula the general solution of understanding what this vision is all about it has to do with the beard it's all the beard but that's not sufficient for us to understand really what does that mean so then he sent me to another chamber and he said there you will find the explanation and I went to that second chamber I saw that this chamber was long and wide and it had no end to it as far as I can see this chamber was there was no there were no ends to the chamber it was huge 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 you couldn't see the end you couldn't see the walls and the whole chamber was filled with books and manuscripts the whole chamber the whole, just aisles and aisles and aisles and aisles as far as the eye can see of 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 books and books and manuscripts and books and books of tavin and every book that i opened up I saw an explanation on the story, on the vision. And that's what Rabbi Nachman said. This was, and Rabbi Nachman said that all of the stories in, Rabbi, in the Kutim Moran are alluding to parts of this story. But this Torah, Torah 20, Torah Tisha Tikurim, the whole story is an explanation on this vision. And so the first, the beginning of this is the part of the Zohar. Let's read the first line inside, just so we, we began. We begin. The, the nine precious tikkunim rectifications were given over to the beard. The more something is hidden and not revealed, the more it is found to be lofty and precious. Okay? As we know, the secrets of the Torah, which are hidden, they're not revealed, it's not apparent to anyone. And 
it's the most precious and the most uh, lofty of the whole Torah. And so, and this, the beard, it's a very precious treasure. So it's very hidden and it's very precious. As we said, what is more hidden is more precious. And then it starts speaking about the different parts of the beard. And so that's what we're going to speak about tomorrow. The different points of the beard. And there are nine different points that are that are kind of representing the nine tikkunim, nine rectifications, nine points in the higher in the in the in the higher in the olamot in the higher realm, in the spiritual realm. And then Rabbi Nachman in, in is going to begin explaining to us the concepts, how it relates to our serving Hashem and Avodot Hashem. And we're going to see uh, here in this Torah, a lot has to do, a lot of, has to do with Moshe Rabbeinu, Arun Cohen, has to do with Miriam, Hanaviah, it has to do with the Be'er of Miriam, the wellspring of Miriam, which is the wellspring of Torah, has to do with Eretz Yisrael, has to do with the sword that we use to remove all of the enemies that from Eretz Yisrael, the klipot that are that are dwelling within the land, that are blocking the light of the Torah and the mitzvah to be revealed in the land, and so that will bring to Yishu Eretz Yisrael. So we're going to see a lot of those themes within the Torah, and we'll see more about that as well, Hashem, in the next year.